0: Pastor Xavier Reese warns that at such a time you think not, the Lord comes.
1: Today men willingly ignore all that God has done and said only for one reason, to deny the ultimate. Here it is. Jesus is not coming. And therefore the return of Christ is just a big joke. And you know how I know they believe it? They live like they believe it. How are you living Your life will tell you whether you believe Jesus is really coming back or not.
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Whether you realize it or not, we accept a lot by faith. We can't see the wind, but we know it's there. No one alive ever saw Abraham Lincoln in person, but we don't doubt his existence. We even have faith the chairs we sit on will hold us up. But despite the fact that Jesus came to earth 2,000 years ago and promised to return, still many choose not to believe in his second coming. But coming up, Pastor Xavier presents plenty of reasons we shouldn't try to reason away Jesus's soon return. Drawn from the second epistle of Peter, here he is with today's Simple Truth Study titled, They Say Jesus Is Not Coming.
1: Second Peter chapter 3, verses 1-7 through seven. I want you to notice in these seven verses that the central theme is a denial of the return of Jesus Christ. Peter has spoken to us about these specific false teachers in chapter 2, the heretic in the world. Peter says that in the last days, people will deny the return of Jesus Christ. He gives us the perverted reasoning of these last days in verses 3 and 4. The last days describe the period of time from Pentecost to the time the Lord returns for His church. Now look at the slander in verse 4. Where's the promise of His coming? You see, they slander God by calling Him a liar. For this they are willfully forget. The King James, the old King James says, they are willingly ignorant. I like that better. Willingly ignorant. Take note that it is willful ignorance. A deliberate stand against God's revelation of truth. Willfully. Now there are four basic things they ignore and reject by personal preference. And remember this, throughout these points, it is willful ignorance. It is personal preference. God has to respect your choice for it to remain free will. God can stop you dead in your tracks, honest, but he won't. He will let you choose. Now, here's the four basic things they reject. They reject God's creative power in verse 5. For this willingly forget, that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. Genesis 1 and 2, the creative power act of God God spoke Psalm 33 6 says by the word of God he spoke the world into existence Hebrews eleven six 6 tells us that also Eleven three, 3 we know that the world were formed by the spoken word of God secondly they reject God's record of divine judgment verse 6 by which the world that then existed perished being flooded with water Genesis 6 7 and 8 gives you the whole record of the flood God says because man's heart is so evil from the imagination of his youth He's evil continually. It's only the grace of God that we stand. 1 Peter 3.20, he mentioned the flood. 2 Peter 2.5, he's mentioned the flood. Jesus in the gospel says, as in the days of Noah. Noah was not some fictitious character like Donald Duck. He existed. The word perish means to ruin so that it cannot be used for what it was designed for. You see, God destroyed because man had walked away From what God had designed him for. It's this, listen, to worship God and to give him glory. Thirdly, they reject God's keeping power over creation. The first portion of verse 7. But the heavens of earth which now exist are kept in store by the same word. The very same word that's spoken them into being holds them all together. The word kept in store means to gather or to lay up, literally to treasure up. The Old Testament tells us over and over again, one of these days, God is going to roll up the earth like He does a garment or a scroll. He's going to say, that's it. He's going to wipe it out. Now, there's an interesting word in Colossians 1.17. It says, all things consist in Him. The word consist means held together. Now, all scientists know that positive charges repel one another. Opposite things attract. There is a portion in the, new, in, in the proton, neutron, electron, in the atom. And they don't know why it holds together. By all natural laws, it should go apart and blow up. It doesn't. They call it nuclear glue. Paul calls it Jesus Christ in Colossians 1.17. He holds it all together. Peter is saying here that Jesus has reserved himself the right to put this whole thing out of existence by the very same way he created B, he's going to say release it's all over with and yet man looks at the creation and says oh well you know I mean it's this and that and you know they're real smart why isn't it that the earth it just goes on spinning and goes way off into the universe why is it that the planets don't collide why is it that the moon all of a sudden doesn't come up Jesus holds everything together. Everything. They deny the keeping power of God. But fourth and last, they reject God's final judgment in verse 7. Reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Now mark this well. They reject the final judgment. The only reason and one of the major reasons why men and women are living the way they are today. First of all, it's evidence that God has given many of them up. Second of all, as a result of the humanistic and the pre-philosophy that we have propagated through our educational system, through our movies, through television, and through literature. And what they are saying is, I can live any way I want, and I will never have to give an account to anybody. Never. What are they saying? I am my own God. I have to give account to no one. Interesting that Jude's epistle, just two, three epistles over. In Jude 14, he says, Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men also. What men? The false teachers. Those who are denying the Lord's return. Saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly, among them of all their ungodly deeds, which have committed in an ungodly way, and of all the harsh things. Listen. Listen all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Every idle word will have to be given an account. Read Psalm 2. Why do the heathen rage? Why do they imagine a vain thing? Why do they rise up against his Christ as anointed? And then he says, and God shall laugh at them and shall have them in derision. The psalm finishes, kiss the son, lest his wrath fall upon you kissing an idol is the symbol of worship those who do not worship and know christ judgment will fall upon them you cannot miss the final judgment of god as you go through the old testament isaiah talks about it daniel talks about it the new testament speaks about it second thessalonians chapter one how about revelation 20 11, the white throne judgment that's what he's speaking about now you and i will go before the we must see the christ when the rapture comes, we'll go before the beam of seat of Christ, and all of our works will be tried, the motives of our heart, 1 Corinthians 4 5. The non believer, those who have died without Christ, are right now in, in uh, Sheol or Hades. Usually we call it hell, but it really it isn't the final abode. And they're there until after the thousand year millennial reign, then God will open the books, the, the sea will give up the dead, the grave will give up the dead everything will give up, and then they will be judged only to be cast into the lake of fire. Now, those who are brought before the final judgment, the white throne judgment, Revelation 20, they are not there for a second chance. They are there only to be judged out of the books and then to be cast into utter darkness, the lake of fire, forever and ever and ever. If you die without Jesus Christ, you will be eternally lost, never to have a second opportunity. I don't say that with smugness. I don't say that with self-righteousness. I say that with a loving, broken heart of compassion towards you. If the Spirit of God is knocking on the door of your heart, open that door and let Him in. Because today is the day of salvation, not tomorrow. For your life is like a vapor of smoke and you never know where you have gone once too far by saying no and God gives you up to yourself. You will not escape the judgment of God. He who has a son has life. He who has not the Son has not life, and the wrath of God abides in him. Awesome. You know, much like a person who exercises their personal preference to disobey the laws of the land, he will have to suffer the consequences, and maybe for the rest of his life. Those people who exercise their personal preference to reject the truth of God, will suffer the consequences for all eternity. Not five years, not ten years, but for all eternity. Awesome. I mean, we can't even understand that. All we know about eternity, that it's a long time and it's forever, whatever that is. We're so limited. Now today, men willfully ignore that God designed man to be monogamous, From the beginning, one man, one woman. And so God respects their personal preference. And those who want to live a non-monogamous life, they run a risk of getting killed by the husband they are betraying, or the wife, of social disease, of the scars, of the callousness, everything else. It's interesting that because men ignore the monogamous design of God, they are so... Ignorant and willingly ignorant to ignore that all or majority of our social ills are due to the breakup of the family. We want to blame all kinds of things, but the truth of the matter is the reason we have a messed up society is because we have messed up homes. For society is only a reflection of our homes, people. Let's not look for the blame somewhere else. The problem's in the home. Today, men willingly ignore that God declared homosexual to be an abomination. Therefore, men call it an alternate lifestyle in spite of the horrible physical damages and effects on the body and disease. And so man says, well, you know, I mean, to each his own. But look at our society. Now, the diseases that have plagued the homosexual community have jumped the track over to the heterosexual community because of those who are bisexual. Interesting. Men will ignorant. They don't want to admit, well, you know, God was right. Oh, no, no, but we'll, we'll, we'll throw a billion dollars into it. Let me tell you, they will never find a cure for AIDS. It's a virus. Show me one virus that man has conquered. None. Its mutation changes so fast that by the, ten, by the time they think they have the thing, it's changed already. The American Medical Association is not giving you the facts. It's a lot more than you think. but men willingly ignore God's boundaries. Today, men willingly ignore all that God has done and said, only for one reason: to deny the ultimate. Here it is: Jesus is not coming. Logical reasoning. Progressive thought. If God didn't say what he said, then he didn't mean what he said, therefore we don't have to worry about anything. And therefore the return of Christ is just a big joke. And you know how I know they believe it? They live like they believe it. How are you living? Your life will tell you whether you believe Jesus is really coming back or not. Any minute. The perverted reasoning, the personal preference. But then Peter gives us the preventive measure in these last days in verses 1 and 2. Here's the application for each of us. How is it that we can safeguard ourselves against being carried away by these false teachers who will deny the return of Christ and all of their practices that are given in chapter 2? What are the preventive measures? There are two. First, Repetition, second, recollection. Repetition is found in verse 1. Stir up your pure mind. Recollection is in verse 2. Be mindful of the words. Now, at first they may appear to be the same, but they're not. Repetition teaches us, in Peter's case here, something that we already know. For he's writing to Christians who already knew what he was writing. He said that in chapter 1, verse 13. He has said it in verse 14 of chapter 1. He is saying this again in verse 1. Peter is not telling them anything they didn't know. They already knew it. And so it's repetition. That's the first preventive measure. Repetition. Do you know how many times I've had to tell my children of 24 years to shut the lights To flush the toilet, to feed the dog, to shut the door. Repetition. Isaiah 28, 9 and 10 says, precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little. Repetition. That's what the word means to catechize. Catechism means repetition. Moses said to the children of Israel in Deuteronomy 6, catechize your children. Teach them repetitious wise about Jehovah God, his precepts. Teach them, teach them, teach them. You know what I am amazed? As I have lived through the Jesus movement from the late 60s and early 70s, that God grabbed a hold of a group of people, of hippies, and a bunch of pill popping, pot smoking, burned out people, and by his grace he saved them. But many of those people, have forgotten and been negligent to pass their faith down to their children. Interesting. The perils of passing your faith down, Moses speaks in Deuteronomy. Why is it that we fail there? We're afraid that, well, I don't want to be too harsh on because, you know, then they might rebel. Listen to me. If they're going to rebel, they're going to rebel. And if my kid's going to rebel, he's going to do it outside my home, not inside my home. Do you understand me? Because I'm going to be faithful to God, not my child. Now, that doesn't mean that you set up all the rules and you actually provoke them. But you have to pray. You have to communicate. But you set those boundaries where God has set them and you don't budge. I am amazed of how many Christians allow their children to date non-believing girls and boys. I'm amazed. Why is it that we're afraid to confront our children? The word steer means to awake fully, to arouse. is used when Joseph was raised from his sleep by the angel Gabriel in Matthew one twenty four. Peter says he wants you to be aroused spiritually about the coming of Christ. It's an arousement for receiving Christ in his coming. How are you doing? Are you aroused or are you asleep? But notice it says with a pure mind. The word pure there means to sift so there's no shaft in it and is used also of something that's flawless as you put it to the sun and you can see transparency through it. What is he referring to? Hasn't he just talked to us about perverted doctrine in chapter 2? Chapter 3, verse 1, the progression follows. He says there have a pure mind regarding false doctrine. Only have sound doctrine. Only have that which is inspired, that which is from the scriptures. And the theme is what? The second coming. Be careful that your mind is not infected by the philosophy and the teachings of men that delude, pervert, and water down the word of God. That's what he's saying. How do we do that? By the word of God. Jesus said in John fifteen three, you are cleansed by the words I have spoken unto you. In Ephesians 5, 26 says he will present himself a bride without spot, wrinkle, any such thing by the washing of the water, by the word. We've already read in 1 Timothy 2 that like newborn babes were to desire the sincere milk of the word, unadulterated. Paul tells Timothy that we are to study to show ourselves a proof of workmanship that rightly divides the word of truth. The word that rightly divides means of, of a, a pioneer who cuts a trail right through a forest, clearing it so he cannot lose his track. It's straight through, you can't miss it. Interesting. So first of all, repetition. Have you gotten to the point where you say, well, I've already heard that. (laughs) I already know that. Yeah, I've been a Christian two years. Or you say, yeah, I've been a Christian 25 years in a boastful way. And you have lost the cutting edge for the word to cut you. You're like that frog in lukewarm water over the stove, so subtle that he can't discern the temperature change and he sits there and boils to death. Secondly, by recollection. Be mindful of the words spoken by the holy uh, prophets and apostles. What does this mean? He says, Recollect the Old and the New Testament. What is he saying literally? He's saying, Make sure you give attention to the full counsel of God. Acts 20, 27, Paul told the Ephesian elders, I have not shunned to give you what? the full counsel of God be careful you don't select what you want all of the counsel of God the prophets spoke of the Old Testament the apostles of the new Ephesians 2 20 says the foundation of the church are the prophets and apostles the whole counsel of God and so we need to continually recollect the full counsel not just that which is favorable to me One thing that I have to do is I cannot pick my pet themes. As you know, we go right through the Bible, and I have to cover all the counsel of God. When we come to money, we talk about money. When we come to sex, we talk about sex. When we come to study, we talk about study. We just cover the full counsel of God. I mean, there are things that if I chose, I would just stay on those. But I can't do that. I've got to give you the whole counsel of God. You know, in medicine, you can practice one of two forms of medicine preventive medicine or corrective medicine preventive medicine is a lot cheaper and less heartbreaking if you pay attention to your body and do the things that you should then there's less chance of you needing surgery but if you want to abuse your body then you got corrective medicine and corrective medicine is not always the best it's not always sure proof either Peter is giving us here the preventive measures so we don't get sucked away into the philosophy of the world, particularly in denying the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, we have to continually be stirred up in mind by repetition of God's Word regarding the second coming of Christ. I'll give you one simple reason. Because it is the greatest incentive for holy living and for stewardship. If you really believe that Jesus can come back at any minute, you're going to be living holy. Holy. If you really believe Jesus is coming back right now, you're going to fellowship, you're going to study, you're going to be obedient to God, to the things that belong to God, and you're going to exercise your gifts, and you're going to be an asset to the body. But the minute you start reasoning the tardiness of God, you will start leaving off holiness, the study of the Word, fellowship, everything else, and you're moving away from the hope of the coming of Christ. And you're moving away into that perverted reasoning. You're moving into that personal preference, denying God's truth. And you'll be found sleeping like the five virgins, the foolish ones. We have to continually be mindful of the imminent return of Christ, even as we study the full counsel of God. In such a time as you think not, the Son of Man comes. Do you think Jesus can come right now? If you do, your life will show it. But if you don't, your life will equally show it. Peter says, beware of the denial of Christ's return. First, by perverted reasoning, which is based on the natural mind. Secondly, the personal preference, which is based on willful ignorance. Willful. And thirdly, The preventive measure, it's based upon reading and studying God's Word, that you may be looking for the soon return of Jesus Christ. I hope you're looking. I hope you're ready. Because in such a time as you think not, the Son of Man comes.
0: Pastor Xavier Reese urging those who haven't to make a decision for Jesus Christ today. We invite you to visit our website for more information on how to know Jesus as your Savior at CalvaryChapelPasadena.com. Now, today's study is simply titled, They Say Jesus Is Not Coming, and is available on CD for just $4. Everything we shared last time will be included as well, so it makes a convenient way to study the message more in depth and then pass on to someone else you know. Now, the title to ask for once more is, They say Jesus is not coming. Or just mention today's date when you get in touch. And you can address your request to Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please help us by including the call letters of this station somewhere in your correspondence. This is helpful when we check on the impact of this outreach in your area. And then join us right here next time for more Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. Hope you'll tell a friend to listen too.